Welcome to the latest HSE podcast with me, Mick Ord, and with the help of our resident experts, I'll be guiding you through biocides and how the new regulatory framework will affect your business as the transition period comes to an end. We'll be finding out what you should be doing to prepare for the new business environment under the new GB regulations and how that will affect companies in Great Britain and Northern Ireland. We've left the EU, but many of the functions currently being carried out by Europe will soon be transferred to Great Britain. Certain EU functions have been removed, and we'll be highlighting these areas and explaining what you need to do to make sure you comply with the new arrangements. Over the next half hour or so, we'll be addressing many of the issues that are concerning businesses and pointing you in the right direction. Let me remind you again that everything we discuss today is reflected on the HSE website, which is regularly updated. Log on to www.hse.gov.uk slash Brexit. And if you have any particular questions, then email our help desk. The address is biocidesenquiries at hse.gov.uk. And I'll be giving out this information again after we've heard from our two experts whose knowledge of the new BPR framework is second to none. With me is Dr. Nicola Gregg and Dr. Pierre Cruz, who are both from the HSE. Nicola is the team leader for Biocides Operational Policy in HSE's Chemicals Regulation Directorate. And Pierre is team leader at the HSE's International Chemicals Unit. His team is responsible for developing government policy on biocides and also the CLP regulation. I'm going to start with you, Pierre. First of all, will the new GB framework for biocides be the same as the EU framework? I think the answer is in some ways yes and in some ways no. From the 1st of January next year, 2021, Great Britain is going to have its own independent regulatory framework for biocidal products. It's going to reflect the current EU framework, the EU biocidal products regulation, but they're going to operate independently of each other. Essentially, the rules and standards are going to be pretty much the same but some elements of the framework won't exist. Basically, those bits that refer to EU processes and institutions that we'll no longer be dealing with in the national system. So in what areas will it be different? So the Great Britain Biocide Products Regulation, the BPR, we call it a lift and shift of the EU's BPR. What that means essentially is that we copied it into domestic law without any policy changes. The only bits that have changed are those that wouldn't operate correctly in the new Great Britain context. As I say, the bits that refer to European institutions, the European Chemicals Agency and the European Commission are examples of that. So, for example, ECHA, functions that previously sat with ECHA are now going to be transferred to Great Britain bodies where we're still doing them. And commission decisions that used to be taken by the European Commission, they're now going to be taken by the Secretary of State with consent from the ministers in the devolved administration. So what changes will have the greatest impact on businesses then? I'll just run through some of the biggest changes and impacts for businesses. Perhaps the main one is that if a company wants an authorisation in both the EU and Great Britain after the end of the transition period, they'll need to apply separately to both EU through ECHA and Great Britain. And that also means that future European active substance approvals and product authorisations won't be valid in Great Britain and vice versa. 
So a similar thing applies to active substance approval. If you want an active substance approval in Great Britain after the end of the transitional period, you need to apply separately from any application you, you may be making in the EU. The other thing is that authorization processes for biocidal products that used to apply across European member states won't apply anymore to Great Britain. That means there'll be no more mutual recognition of, of uh, product authorizations between the EU and, and Great Britain. EU union authorizations won't be valid in Great Britain after the end of the transition period. And also, you won't be able to use a simplified authorization that you had in the European Union to put a product on the market in Great Britain after the, the transition period either. Another key thing that businesses need to be aware of is that HSE won't be using ECA's IT tools the main one being the register for biocidal products, R4BP3, after the end of the transition period. And we won't have access to ECHA's databases anymore. And what that means is that applications for biocidal product authorizations have to be sent directly to HSE, not using R4BP3, and using HSE application forms um, that we're going to put in place. The other thing related to this is that for active substances and products, to be supported in, in Great Britain. If you want to make an application, all the relevant data will need to be resubmitted to HSD, even if you previously submitted it to ECHA. There are transitional arrangements in the legislation that will tell you exactly when you need to do this, and we'll explain that later in this podcast. Okay, thanks, Pierre. Over to Nicola then. When will the new application forms and process details be live on the HSE website, Nicola? And will they be different to the old forms? Hello, Mick. Well, we are completely rewriting all of the information on our website, including the new application forms, and all of this will be published by the 1st of January. Application forms and data will be submitted to HSE, not via R4BP, as Pierre has just said, but instead via HSE's upload link. And this is a secure cloud-based platform for sharing files. Because of the lift and shift that Pierre's also mentioned, the information required is pretty much the same as companies are used to, and the data requirements are also the same. And Nicola, will GB have its own review programme? Yes. After the 1st of January 2021, of course, GB will be responsible for taking our own decisions on active substance approvals at our own national level. And because of this, we will establish our own review programme of existing active substances. It's important to note that Article 89 of both the EU BPR and the new GB BPR will continue to apply. This means that, as happens now, products containing active substances, which are within the scope of the GB review programme, can continue to be made available on the GB market while those active substances in the products are still under the review. Other rules for participation and withdrawal from the review programme will also continue to be similar to what people are used to under the EU review programme, such as things like taking over role of participant. Another issue worth pointing out here is that the priorities and the timelines of the review programme in the GB review programme have not yet been determined. And we won't be in a position to make those determinations until we know what the total support of active substances within GB actually is. 
Thanks for that, Nicola. Well, after the transition period, HSC will no longer have access to the ECHA databases. So what are the implications for businesses here in the UK? That's correct. After the 1st of January 2021, GB will not be permitted to access confidential information held by ECHA. This means that any data or information that companies previously submitted via these processes will no longer be available to us here in HSE to refer to. So the data will need to be resubmitted to us so that we can continue operating our own national regulatory regime. There are deadlines for resubmission of the data, and these are set out on our new GBBPR transitional arrangements, and these are legally binding. Now, HSE appreciates that the requirement for applicants to resubmit their data packages may result in an increased cost to businesses, and so we are not going to charge for the work that's necessary in the resubmitting of the data, and I am talking about just the actual resubmitting and that all that's entailed around that, not the eventual evaluation of the data by us. Well, will the data required by the HSE be the same as that required by ECHA? Yes, it will. The technical data requirements, which must be addressed to support both the approval of an active substance and the authorization of a biocidal product under the new GB regime, will be the same as those specified under the EU regime. Okay, Nicola. Pierre, what's the situation for companies which already hold a biocidal product authorization in the UK under EU BPR? Will that still be legal in the UK after the transition period? Yes, it will. Any biocidal products authorizations and also any active substance approvals that were in place before the 1st of January will remain valid in Great Britain all the way through to their expiry date, whatever that was. However, there's a couple of additional requirements that authorization holders for biocidal products need to be aware of. The first is that they need to be established in the UK within a year of the end of the transition period. That's by 31st of December 2022 to continue holding that authorization. And the second is that they need to obtain active substances from suppliers on the GB Article 95 list. There are also situations where they may have to resubmit the data supporting their product. And some examples of this are if they apply for a change to that product or if they're renewing the product or if HSE needs the data. And for example, we might need it if we want that to support a same biocidal product application. And what about companies who've submitted a biocidal products application to the HSE and are still awaiting authorization on the 31st of December this year? Do they need to do anything? Yes, they do. As Nicola explained earlier, they'll need to resubmit their application, including all the necessary supporting information to HSE. And also an important point that any companies in this situation need to be aware of is that if they're relying on letters of access to data that's owned by someone else, they also have to make sure that the data owner resubmits their data dossier to HSE. And the reason for this is simply that we also need this information to evaluate their application. There are two deadlines that people need to be aware of for resubmitting applications and data. The first is the 31st of March 2021, which is 90 days after the end of the transition period. And that applies if the UK had been the lead or reference member state for their application under the EU BPR. The second is 29th of June 2021, if the UK had not been the lead or reference member state, and that's 180 days after the end of the transition period. 
Similarly, Pierre, what about companies who are awaiting a BPR approval of an active substance? What do they need to do? The same basically applies. They need to resubmit their applications and data to HSD with the same deadline. So 31st of March 2021, if the UK had been the lead or evaluating competent authority for that active substance, or 29th of June 2021, if the UK had not been the lead. It's less often the case for active substances, but if an applicant is relying on letters of access to data owned by someone else, the same is, is true as for products. The data owner needs to submit their data by the same date so that we can use it for the evaluation. Thanks, Pierre. Nicola, a GB version of the Article 95 list is being created. How do companies get on this list? A GB version of the Article 95 list will be established after the 1st of January 2021, and it will be operating in the same way as the current EU list. Now, businesses don't need to do anything to get on the GB list in January, but there are requirements for them to stay on the list. Businesses already on the EU list will, on the 1st of January, be automatically included in GB's list. However, to stay on that list, businesses will need to submit supporting information to us here in the Health and Safety Executive. And this is the same information as was submitted to ECHA, the European Chemicals Agency. So, for example, it might have been an active substance dossier or a letter of access or even a mixture of both of those. If a company is submitting a letter of access, the data owner also needs to submit the dossier and data by the same date, as Pierre has already outlined previously. There's another requirement as well. Businesses also have to ensure that they're established in the UK. So these requirements, both to be established in the UK and to submit the data and the dossier, have to be met within two years of the end of the transitional period. So a much longer deadline than the deadlines Pierre has just mentioned. Now, Pierre, the new GB framework applies only to Great Britain. So how does a company get a biocidal product authorised in Northern Ireland? Well, I think to explain this, I first need to give a bit of background to what's happened in relation to Northern Ireland and why it's different from what's happening in, in Great Britain. So to explain this, the withdrawal agreement between the UK and the EU that was signed when the UK left the EU, included an agreement known as the Northern Ireland Protocol. So this was designed as a practical solution to avoiding a hard border on the island of Ireland. But it also ensured that the UK, including Northern Ireland, could leave the EU as a whole. The Northern Ireland Protocol included a number of special provisions which apply only in Northern Ireland from January 2021, not to the rest of the UK. And it's worth mentioning here that the Northern Ireland Protocol isn't a permanent arrangement. It was designed to solve a particular set of problems, and it can only do this if it has the consent of the people of Northern Ireland. So it's in place for an initial four years until 2024, and then there'll be a vote to determine whether the main provisions will continue to apply. But until then, it applies from the moment that the end of the transition period. So one of the main provisions in the Northern Ireland Protocol is that unlike Great Britain, Northern Ireland is going to continue operating under certain specified pieces of European Union law. And one of the pieces that's listed in the protocol is the, the EU Biocidal Products Regulation. So EU BPR will continue to apply in Northern Ireland after the end of the transition period. So this means that a company, if it wants an authorization in Northern Ireland, will apply in a similar way to how it does to a European member state. 
but instead it will apply to the Northern Ireland Competent Authority. The Northern Ireland Competent Authority is HSE Northern Ireland. However, in practice, HSE is going to be supporting HSE Northern Ireland in this role. So this means that you, in fact, submit your application to HSE and we'll evaluate it on behalf of HSE Northern Ireland. At the moment, the exact process for applying to Northern Ireland, for example, which IT system you have to use, is still being confirmed and we'll publish information and let people know the answer to this as soon as we know it. Under the protocol, Northern Ireland acts a bit, acts a bit like a, a European member state in some respects, but it doesn't have all the rights of a European member state. And for biocides, an example is that it can't act as a reference or lead member state on behalf of other European member states for biocidal products. So what this means is that if you have an authorization that was granted by Northern Ireland, the Northern Ireland Competent Authority, this can't be mutually recognized in other parts of the EU. So if a company wants to market a product only in Northern Ireland, then it needs to specifically apply to the Northern Ireland Competent Authority. Another thing that companies need to be aware of is the requirements on where they need to be established to have an authorization for Northern Ireland. So if companies are operating under EU BPR, they'll probably be aware that it says that authorization holders need to be established in the European Union. And under the Northern Ireland Protocol, this is extended to cover Northern Ireland. So if you want an authorization in Northern Ireland, you have to be established in either Northern Ireland or another country in the European Union. An important thing to note about this is a company only established in Great Britain can't hold an authorization in Northern Ireland under these arrangements. So companies supplying to Northern Ireland from Great Britain need to make sure they comply with this requirement. And it applies immediately after the transition period ends. There's no transitional arrangement for that. So it's an important thing to note if you're supplying to Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland companies may also wish to check that any GB Great Britain suppliers that they have who are supplying biotile products to them are aware of this requirement and take the relevant steps to, to comply with it. It's worth noting as well that companies that are established in Northern Ireland can also apply for authorizations in Great Britain. The requirement in Great Britain is that you have to be established in the UK and that includes Northern Ireland. It's just it doesn't work the other way. So if you're in Great Britain only, you can't have an authorization in Northern Ireland unless you also are established in Northern Ireland or European Union. So that's quite complex, but I hope that uh, I've said enough to, to explain it for companies who are affected by this. Yes, I'm sure you have. Does that mean, though, that Northern Ireland cannot be the lead for active substance approvals either? Yeah, that's right. But approvals that are granted in the EU will be valid in Northern Ireland. Essentially, Northern Ireland will be still part of the EU system and receive the, you know, the decisions taken in the EU about active substances will, will continue to apply in, in Northern Ireland. And can authorizations granted in Northern Ireland, either in Northern Ireland only or via a union or mutual recognition application, be mutually recognized by GB? No, they can't, not as such. However, one of the special provisions in the Northern Ireland Protocol is that it makes clear that nothing will prevent businesses in Northern Ireland enjoying what it calls unfettered access to the rest of the UK market. And the government has committed to ensuring that Northern Ireland businesses have this unfettered access to Great Britain. And what it means is essentially that there's going to be no declarations, tariffs, new regulatory checks or customs checks or additional approvals for Northern Ireland businesses who wish to place goods on the Great Britain market. Nicola, so unfettered access removes the barriers between Northern Ireland and Great Britain. 
Does this mean that as long as a product is authorised in Northern Ireland under EU BPR, it can be freely supplied in GB? Yes, but not entirely. There's a very small number of goods, including biocides, which compose a particularly high risk to consumers, to humans, to animals and to the environment. And they're subject to stricter regulation. We're calling these highly regulated goods. So to protect consumers across the UK, if you are a Northern Ireland business placing highly regulated goods on the GB market, you must first provide some basic information to the GB authorities. However, as Pierre's just said, you won't need any additional approval or authorization. So for biocides, we've put this into practice through a notification system. Under this notification system, companies will notify HSE of their intention to supply a product on the GB market. And as part of this notification system, they have to provide HSE with the same information that they supplied to an EU member state or to the Northern Ireland Competent Authority in support of their original application. And they also must submit a copy of their Northern Ireland authorization, or it might not be a full authorization. It might be that Northern Ireland granted some other permit. Once the information has been submitted, the product may be made available on the market in GB after 90 days. So there is a lag period. Now, there is an exception. If HSE raises any objections, which we might do only on very limited grounds, so for example, we might identify that the product is unsafe or it's not sufficiently effective. And if HSE does identify any concerns, then we may request additional information. And if this happens, the 90-day period will be suspended for up to another 90 days. And during those extra 90 days, that allows companies time to submit further information to HSE. And once HSE's got that extra information, there's then another 90-day period for HSE to consider that extra information. However, the product does not have to be authorised again in GB and there will be no charge. Now, there are conditions within the notification system, and this is really important. Companies, if they're applying for unfettered access, have to be established in Northern Ireland. The active substance must be approved in GB, and the active substance source in the product must be on the GB Article 95 list. And if anyone is worried about the various timescales and deadlines we've been referring to, what should they do? Who do they contact? Well, the timescales and deadlines are all on our website. But if any company is concerned that they cannot meet those deadlines, we would encourage them to contact us at the earliest opportunity. And they can do this via our inquiries email. I think you read that out at the beginning, Mick. That's the Biocides Inquiries, all one word, at hse.gov.uk. And we'll be giving that email out again before the end of this podcast. Dr. Nicola Gregg and Dr. Pierre Cruz, thanks a lot for joining us today. Great to speak to you. Thank you.
So there you go. Everything you wanted to know about BPR, but were afraid to ask. And certainly it's important that you do ask if there are elements you don't understand about the changes. You can email us at biocidesenquiries at hse.gov.uk and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. You can also, as I've mentioned many times before in this podcast series, log on to the website www.hse.gov.uk slash Brexit for a comprehensive breakdown in written form about what we've been discussing today and over the previous episodes. Remember as well to subscribe to our e-bulletin service so you can stay in touch with updates and developments as they affect the sector in which your business is involved. Just pop your email into the subscription box you'll find on the pages of the HSE website. A huge thank you to Dr. Nicola Gregg and Dr. Pierre Cruz, our experts today. Stay subscribed to this podcast, take care, and you'll be hearing from us again very soon. Thanks for listening. 